MSW Media. This week, Donald Trump fired Attorney General Jeff Sessions, forcing him to resign one day after Democrats took control of the House in the midterm elections. Trump then appointed Matthew Whitaker as acting attorney general, bypassing Rod Rosenstein, who is next in line for the job. Whitaker has been a vocal critic of the Mueller investigation, advocating that Mueller be reined in and prevented from investigating Trump's finances. Now, Whitaker will oversee the Mueller investigation until a new attorney general is appointed and confirmed. Will he undermine the Mueller investigation? If he tries to do so, what can be done to stop him? And what are the legal consequences of the firing of Jeff Sessions? Let's get on topic. Welcome to On Topic, a weekly in-depth look at a topic that helps us understand the week's news. My name is Renato Mariotti. I'm a former federal prosecutor, a practicing lawyer, and a CNN legal analyst. And I'm joined by my friend Patty Vasquez, a comedian and WGN radio host who will join us regularly on this podcast. Patty, I've got to say, uh, I was very excited yesterday when the Democrats took control of the House. Uh, and, oh, my God, what a day it has been in the meantime. Well, I uh, I have to say, and this is very selfish of me, but I had a bet that Sessions would be out right after the election. The day after. <laughs> I said by end of end of day on Wednesday. I actually had to double down because another friend of mine said they agreed. They said before three. And then I said also but before end of week, Rosenstein goes. Well, I will tell you, I you may be the only person who's happy about this. I'm not right happy. Now. I, well, it's not happy. I mean, well, like here's the thing: in the big picture of everything Trump is trying to uh, get in the way of and obstruct, I'm, I mean, how, is it really any different than? I, 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 I get that he can shut down Mueller. I get it, but I, I, it is different. We're going to talk about that today, and I will tell you to make it crystal clear: I'm not upset about the firing of Sessions. I'm upset about the appointment of Matthew Whitaker uh, to replace him because I think that he is. He is somebody who very much could rein in this investigation. Doesn't he, doesn't he have to have confirmation, though, in order to take over the attorney general's office? No, he does not. So tell you what, let us yeah. let me bring in Mimi Roca uh, to talk about this with us. I want to bring her in right away because she's going to provide a lot of insight here. Um, she is an MSNBC legal analyst, and she is also a former federal prosecutor. Ah. Uh, she was in the Southern District of New York, the uh, office that is investigating Michael Cohen. Thank you for joining us, Mimi. I appreciate you being here on the podcast. I, you know, w- let me just get right to it. Uh, what What is it that concerns you about the appointment of Matthew Whitaker? I, it, to me, um, it is very much a lot of his prior words uh, and statements. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's his prior, prior statements um, where he's expressed basically without knowing all the facts, we assume, because there are facts that, you know, presumably uh, nobody outside of the special counsel office and, and people overseeing that until now knew. Um, he determined, you know, that there were aspects of the investigation that he thought were illegitimate. He's opined already on the legality. 
or illegality of certain facts, uh, acts that, you know, Trump Jr., for example, did. Um, and the fact that Trump reached down to get Whitaker and put him into place so deliberately is what gives me real concern. Yeah, I have to say, you know, if he had if he fired Jeff Sessions and and Rod Rosenstein was running this thing, I don't think anyone would have really blinked. Uh, and it would make a lot of sense to have Rosenstein uh, be the one uh, overseeing the Justice Department because he's the deputy attorney general. And in fact, there is actually a specific statute to the justice, you know, that's specific to the Justice Department that says that if the attorney general is is uh, resigns or is removed from office, that that the deputy attorney general uh, steps in and, and can handle his responsibilities. That would be the ordinary course. But Trump seemed to go out of his way to pick uh, Mr. Whitaker uh, and presumably uh, was very aware of his op-ed in which he talks about uh, reigning in the Mueller investigation, how uh, Trump's finances are a red line that shouldn't be crossed. And then, uh, as, as you mentioned, um, you know, regarding that uh, that meeting with Trump Jr., um, th- there's actually tape of him. He used to be a CNN legal analyst I, uh, talking on CNN about how it's no big deal that you would want to meet with with Russians who wanted to give dirt on their opponents. Right, exactly. And so the fact that Trump clearly knowing that, and in fact, probably because of those views, has gone out of the ordinary course uh, and picked him, it really means that we should give no benefit of the doubt here, I think, as to how they're going to conduct themselves. So... Well, let's talk about recusal for a minute. I think both you and I have discussed that on Twitter. I think it's certainly it's not uh, it's safe to say that both of our view is that it would be better for the United States of America and the Justice Department for uh, Mr. Whitaker to recuse himself. What, what I guess let's take that a step further. Do you believe that he's required uh, to to recuse himself, or do you think it's something that he is uh, is just it is it for the for appearance's sake he should do? Well, I, I think he's required to get an opinion from the proper you know as you know ethics uh, advisors at the Department of Justice who are for the most part you know career uh, employees and and give whose opinions I would trust. And look, we don't know if he's already done that, gotten some advanced kind of uh, clearance or not, but if he hasn't, he absolutely should. And if they advise him that he should recuse, then he should recuse. I don't know that he's mandated by sort of law in any way. I don't think so. But uh, those opinions of that office and those advisors are almost always adhered to. That's right. Of course, ironically, uh, Jeff Sessions went to that office and got their opinion. They told him he should recuse himself. And that is what got Donald Trump so upset uh, and ultimately led to uh, Trump firing Sessions. You know, I wonder, you know, one one thing that I've gotten a lot of questions about, because I actually put out to Twitter and asked folks what questions they had. And what a lot of people are interested in knowing is, you know, whether or not the appointment of Whitaker is valid. In other words, uh, Whitaker was appointed uh, pursuant to something called the Vacancies Act. And essentially, which we all know, of course. We're yeah, well, I, I'm going to let Mimi <laughs> explain it. But she do, she'll probably do a better job than me because I've, 
I've admired for a long time her explanations of a lot of very complicated things. But I will say that um, part of what, part of what makes it uh, what makes it easier for Trump or makes it more clear that. Um, he the appointments valid is that Sessions resigned and he clearly Sessions went out of his way, I think, to allow Trump to have that argument, the letting him resign. But of course, he said in the letter, which is undated, um, that he's resigning at Trump's request. So a lot of my followers want to know if we think that there's an argument that Sessions didn't really resign because he was doing so uh, at the request of Trump. Right. I think there's certainly that argument, right, that this is sort of a constructive firing that that Sessions, but the way he phrased it, saying the words, I resigned, but he's saying that he was forced out, which is for all practical purposes, a firing, which would mean that an appointment under the Vacancy Reform Act doesn't apply. It can't it can't be used. Um, That that act only kicks into place when there's a, a opening because of uh, a death or a resignation. And so if it were a firing, then the DOJ succession statute would have to apply, in which case it would be uh, Rod Rosenstein would be the next in line, obviously. Um, I, I think there's certainly that argument. I just don't know sort of how or where that argument gets made. I mean, I saw actually Warren's tribe on Twitter suggested that the quote appropriate party could you know make that argument to a federal court. Um, I'm not. I'm just not honestly sure who that would be and how that would work, or if it would actually uh, prevail at the end of the day. Because even though it's an argument, you know, Sessions did resign. He could have resisted and, and required himself to be fired as other people have done in the past, like pre Parara. <laughs> you, you know, uh, on the uh, on Renato's Twitter feed, there are a lot of uh, a lot of questions and speculation about Donald Jr. and that Mueller was getting close to subpoenaing or, or having an indictment for him. Is that something that you've heard? Or I mean, of course, more speculation as to whether or not now Mueller will accelerate with uh, the the information that he has. I mean, I've only seen it on Twitter and in <laughs> news articles. I think Vanity Fair had an article today about how Trump is scared or nervous was the word because, uh, you know, Donald Trump Jr. expects to be indicted. So I don't know. I mean, I think that is a really open question. I think there's a lot of facts that point to the idea that he could be indicted for things, uh, perjury being amongst, you know, amongst them and possibly other things. But that obviously would be a big uh, move by Mueller. And, uh, you know, it's just hard to say whether he was about to go there or not, but that would explain sort of this act at this very moment, like why it had to happen today. If Trump thought that maybe somehow he could regain control over the investigation in some way. I I will just say too, I agree completely with Mimi. I, I, one thing I like about you is you're careful in your analysis and I wouldn't, I think I, I, find it bizarre that there's some people who are sort of predicting that Trump Jr. will be indicted soon, unless they know something we don't, the public doesn't, in which case, more power to them. Uh, But I haven't seen anything that suggests that something is imminent. But I will say you're right. Um, You know, Mimi uh, is, you know, one thing I think she may be alluding to is there was reporting by CNN uh, today that um, uh, Rose, or excuse me, that, that Sessions asked Don McGahn, the White House counsel, if he could just stay through the end of the week. And, it, it, you know, today is Wednesday. The firing day is Wednesday. 
And literally, he's just asking to stay a couple days. And McGann said, no, we got to do this today. And you have to wonder why that would be the case. And perhaps it's because they're worried that indictments are coming down on Friday. They want to get this in place before Mueller has a chance. His grand jury sits on Fridays, I believe, uh, to to have an indictment that comes out. One thing I just want to return to is, you know, one thing you were suggesting a moment ago, Mimi, was... Um, you know, who would have this essentially who would have what we call standing, who would be able to challenge the appointment of Whitaker? You know, it seems to me that you could imagine either Mueller doing it. If if, if Whitaker tried to take an action denying, for example, to, uh, you through the special counsel regulations, denying Mueller's, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, overruling Mueller's decision in a particular case, let's say, to, in, to try to seek an indictment of someone. You could imagine Mueller having standing and challenging Whitaker's authority or alternatively, anyone who is is the subject of an action that's taken by Whitaker himself. So, for example, if Whitaker promulgates some regulation or does something, you could imagine someone challenging it by saying it's invalid because Whitaker is not actually acting attorney general. Right. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think both in conjunction with this. Uh, part of our discussion and just in general, I think it's going to be really important to see how people like Rod Rosenstein and even Mueller's office, though they're much more, much less transparent, um, how sort of senior Department of Justice officials, you know, how they react to this and what, if anything, they do. And I, I don't necessarily mean going into court, but um, it, it will just be, I think, important to watch how career officials who, you know, overall, I think we trust their integrity and their uh, commitment to this investigation, sort of how they react to this. So one question I think is on a lot of folks' minds is what happens if we assume the worst? So uh, a lot of us, I think, are fearful of the worst and the the worst being that um, Mr. Whitaker is entering this job with the express intent to rein in or shut down the Mueller investigation. What is the worst that he can do and how would he go about doing it? I think people are interested in hearing that. I have my own views, but I'll I'll, let's have you start. Right. So, I mean, I think there's sort of two ways. One is in terms of the actual investigation. I mean, I think there are uh, sort of a list of, you know, parade of horribles of things that he could do. Uh, and it's hard to know how much of it we would know about in real time. But that would be, you know, decisions about who to subpoena, who to charge, um, who to, you know, and then getting towards the end of the investigation, most importantly, whether or not the report that presumably Mueller is going to write would be, be able to go to Congress, let alone become public. Um, and one other aspect of this I think is worth mentioning is, you know, the, the fear or concern about Whitaker. And part of why I think this is such a dangerous territory is it's not only concern about the Mueller investigation per se, but also some of the other investigations that have been farmed out to some of the other U.S. attorneys' offices, like the Southern District of New York that has the uh, investigation into the Trump Organization. And Whitaker, in his position as attorney, acting attorney general, has some authority over the direction of those investigations, less than the special counsel, but at the end of the day, he's the boss. 
Exactly right. And I, I, I will say if I, my fear is, uh, is that in the short term, what I, if, if, if Whitaker had, uh, let's say, an ill intent towards the Mueller investigation, one thing he could do is just make Mueller's life very difficult by asking him to justify every investigative step he makes. Um, you know, both of us mm-hmm. were prosecutors. You were in the Southern District of New York. So you're, you're aware, as I am, you know, prosecution uh, investigating uh, uh, crimes often requires you to be active, following leads, taking active steps. It requires you to exercise judgment. You could imagine under the regulations, Whitaker has the ability to require Mueller to explain why he's doing things. And he could just slow Mueller down tremendously by constantly asking for explanations, picking them apart, finding ones that he thinks he can challenge, overruling those sort of daring, um, you know, you know, daring Congress to try to do something about it uh, in areas where he thinks, you know, he can he can be justified in doing it. And then waiting and looking for excuses to ultimately to fire Mueller. Yeah, I I think those are all uh, real concerns. I think firing Mueller in some ways seems like sort of the the least likely because Mm -hmm. if that were the end game, you know, there probably were more direct ways to do it. But, yeah, he could could be putting Whitaker in as a fall guy to do that, I guess. He also could. uh, Whitaker has power over Mueller's budget. So he could just decide at the mm-hmm. at the end of the year, you know, we've spent enough money on this uh, or cut the budget um, and say we're only I'm, I've only authorized investigation of limited areas and try give the Republicans cover to say, well, we're not ending the investigation. We're just limiting it to what it's, it should be investigating to the parts that aren't a quote hoax or quote his witch hunt or so forth. Um, in, in other words, th- you know, essentially keep up the myth that there is an investigation going, but constrain it in ways that are um, uh, unreasonable and, and really uh, aren't have nothing to do with whether or not the um, those aspects of the investigation are fruitful or worth investigating. I think that's a great point. And I think it ties sort of more broadly into why this is so pernicious what's happened here, because the whole act of having sessions, quote unquote, resign and then, putting Whitaker in gives Trump and the Republicans cover to say, well, he's entitled to, you know, make staff changes and have an attorney general who he gets along with. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so that sounds plausible. Uh, It gives them plausible deniability. But really what's going on is a very calculated, orchestrated, uh, you know, sequence of events. A lot of people are hanging their hopes on uh, the new dominance of the Democrats in the House of Representatives. What can they accomplish if the Mueller investigation is shut down? Well, I mean, on their own, they would have to start from scratch, largely, I would think. If they had access to Mueller's report, even if that weren't public, they could use that as, I guess, you know, they did – with Nixon to uh, sort of use it as a roadmap. Yeah, I think that's but it sorry. seems to me they would need some kind of guidance. I think that's right. And, and one thing that's worth pointing out is that the House has less uh, ability to um, p- p- investigate and push things in the way that uh, the uh, grand jury investigation, the sort of thing that Mueller is uh, conducting, can do. Uh, you know, the House can issue subpoenas. Um, but they don't have the same 
pressure points to charge people and push them to potentially flip uh, in the way that Mueller does. And in fact, you know, a lot of these folks that are that have cooperation agreements with the Justice Department, uh, it's going to be more complicated to, you know, to get them to cooperate with a congressional investigation. One thing I did see today and I thought was very interesting is, um, you know, Democrats are saying, well, if Mueller's fired, we're going to call him in for televised interviews uh, and hearings in the House. And I think that that's something they could certainly do. But uh, as Mimi's pointing out, um, I think that, um, you know, it's not a substitute for a fulsome investigation. What I do think, and I, I think one thing that can give people some hope, although I don't have as much hope as some, I know I saw Asha Rangappa and others on Twitter saying, oh, don't worry, it's not so bad. Um, but I do think one, one hope I would give people is what we call the Mueller investigation is really a, a whole group of different investigations that are related to each other. And they're open in the, in the system, so to speak, in the Justice Department. There is paperwork that will be required to close those. Some of them are already in court. There's already been indictments. There's open court cases. It would, it would take a lot for Whitaker to close out all of that. And frankly, he would be putting himself on the line a bit. And there would have to be some justification, I would think, Mimi, in writing for why they're declining to prosecute, for example, or why they're closing out certain cases. And that I, I, I wouldn't want to be the person writing why we are declining to prosecute, let's say, Roger Stone, if, in fact, there's the evidence to do so. Yeah, no, I, I, you're, you're right. I mean, the Department of Justice is made up, as, as you well know, of um, sort of some written rules, some unwritten rules, guidance, policies, norms. And those, uh, despite what I think, you know, the damage that Trump has already done to some of that, you know, those still very much exist. And it would be very hard for one person, even the attorney general, to overcome that uh, in this case. By the way, I just want to point out there's some speculation on your feed about the fact that the letter was not dated. And mm-hmm. uh, they, well, that, by the way, that's just letter writing 101 etiquette. Uh, but, is, I mean, this means that he's probably had the letter for a while, don't you think? I think so. And it maybe helps us understand there had been some speculation or reporting that Rosenstein had been suggesting that Mueller speed things up. And you could have at the time it wasn't clear to me whether that was the nefarious thing like, hey, Mueller, uh, I'm telling you as as the guy supervising you, you you don't have much time left. But it may be now in retrospect that Rosenstein was telling Mueller, like, get everything done that you can um, because you may not have that much time left. I will say I have to believe that Mueller saw this as a potential possibility. It it certainly was not well hidden. uh, Trump's. Um, feelings towards Sessions, his anger towards Sessions for accusing himself. It was widely reported by many sources. So you had to think Mueller expected this. But on the other hand, you know, what what could Mueller do? Do do you believe, are you buying into the speculation, Mimi, that there's all these sealed indictments and that Mueller's got all these contingency plans? uh, Or do you think that that's a little bit uh, overblown? Um, I I think I have to take a position somewhere in the middle. I absolutely agree that Mueller has in some way planned for this as much as one could, certainly for the ousting of Sessions, although I don't know that he necessarily knew that the person that, you know, Trump would put in would be this very partisan, uh, hostile to the investigation person, because that's pretty bold, even for Trump. Um, but yes, I, I think at the end of the day that 
there are if there are people to be indicted, uh, there are probably either have draft indictments, if not sealed indictments, and that we may see those sooner rather than later. I mean, I think one of the biggest tragedies of what's happening here is that, you know, it's going to be if Whitaker is able to be in place and then somehow uh, interfere with the investigation, there's just never going to be sort of uh, clear, clear as possible answers from the Mueller investigation. I mean, I am one of the people, and I'm, I'm guessing you are too, who would have said, you know, a few months ago, I'll accept the outcome of this investigation, whatever it is. And if that means it's not, you know, mm-hmm. finding Russian conspiracy collusion with the Trump campaign, then I would trust that finding from Mueller because it was allowed to be a full and fair investigation. But with this happening now, I think, you know, we're we're getting to the point closer to a point where we may not be able to trust the outcome, not because of anything Mueller is doing or not doing, but because if Trump is really able to insert someone who tries to limit it. And I think that's one of the biggest shames that would come out of this. I agree. Not just uh, for I mean, certainly for. The American people for this country, because I think everyone deserves to have these questions answered and be all of us should be able to put this behind us. But I ironically could ultimately hurt Trump if Whitaker doesn't really shut down Mueller or feels constrained and not able to do so. Um, but his presence and potentially some actions he takes are interpreted as potentially limiting Mueller. There's concerns he did so behind the scenes. You could imagine, uh, ironically, Trump um, creating distrust in an investigation that we otherwise would have had confidence in, which is ironic. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Well, one thing I want to cover um, very quickly is how long uh, Mr. Whitaker can be in 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 the position he's in. This is something you and I were discussing briefly offline uh, that the under the Vacancies Act, um, he he can only be appointed for 210 days. But that can be extended uh, if there is a nominee under certain circumstances. Um, You know, what what is what is your take on how long we may see Mr. Whitaker here? Um, and um, how much damage could be done in the meantime? Right. So, I mean, I think the how much damage, you know, goes back to some of the things we were talking about in the beginning. If if he wants to sort of aggressively, but as quietly as he can, try to make life difficult for Mueller, try to stop certain investigative decisions, or even try to hold back indictments if they haven't been returned yet, um, you know, that can happen quickly. Um, it, on a week-to-week basis. So, you know, the 210 days uh, is, is plenty of time. And because the Democrats are not yet in the House, there's hard to know uh, without their oversight power how much of that we would know about in real time. Because, you know, once again, I think Mueller is not going to be out there sort of um, making a lot of noise about it, even if it's uh, – something that's bad for the investigation. I just don't see that as being his personality to start waving a flag about that. Well, I, I could be wrong. Well, um, I, I hope, yeah, <laughs> right. I hope we are. <laughs> I hope we both are wrong. I mean, yeah. I, I think I, I, I hope that our concern, look, you and I are up. It's very late at night. You guys, you and I are both up and, and kudos to you for being willing to do this. 
because we both, I think, are concerned about what could happen. And I think a lot of people out there are feeling powerless. Uh, you know, this is going to be the day this is released. I'm going to be uh, out in, you know, protesting and marching with lots and lots of other people uh, in Chicago. And I know there's going to be people across the country doing that. Um, but aside from that, uh, people are I, a lot of people are asking me, like, what can really be done? You know, you talk, Renato, about the rule of law and how important it is. But what, what can we really do if Republican senators are willing to back Donald Trump in this? And I'm curious if you have any thoughts that I don't have, because I feel at times that I don't have a good answer to that question. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I've gotten that question on Twitter as well. And I, I wish I had a better answer because I feel like people are sort of looking to those of us who do talk about the importance of the rule of law to, to do something more. But of course, we're not in those. Uh, positions that we once were when we were within the Department of Justice. So I think part of it is we can speak up and use our voices and try to make enough of a public outcry about it that, you know, even the Republicans who do not seem inclined to try and uh, rein in Trump will possibly in some way. And there have been a few voices of that today. Um, And also that we do, as we've have said, you know, earlier in this discussion, have faith in the career people at the Department of Justice. And of course, I have faith that Mueller, if he can, will speak up. But I also know that he, you know, would would try to uh, not jeopardize the investigation. So he would be sort of walking that fine line. But there certainly are people within the Department of Justice, Rod Rosenstein, his deputy, Ed O'Callaghan, um, who, you know, I think will try to let it be known if they really think that justice is being obstructed in real time. I have to believe that, too. There are a lot of really great people working at the Justice Department, working in the FBI. I have a lot of faith in them. I was proud to work alongside them for many, many years. Uh, And I know you, I'm sure, feel the same way. And I really trust that the truth will come out one way or another. And one thing that I think all of us can do is not to get too distracted. You know, today, um, you know, we had a lot of kind of uh, circus atmosphere at the White House with Jim Acosta uh, being uh, mistreated by um, by the White House and denied access. And it was certainly quite a spectacle. But I think all of us have to be focused on this issue. If Whitaker is doing things to undermine Mueller, to draw attention to it, to stay focused on this and demanding of our representatives that they do everything that they can to protect Mueller uh, and to find out the truth if, in fact, the Mueller investigation is stymied in some way. Well, exactly. Well, well said. Thank you. And I thank you for th- joining us. Thank you so much, Mimi. I I appreciate you so much. I, I know that this has very been very late, uh, very late hour for you to be talking with us. I appreciate it. I, I really admire the work that you do on MSNBC. Uh, and I and I know many of uh, my followers and listeners in this podcast uh, do as well. Well, thanks. I really appreciate you having me. It's uh, been a good and important discussion. And uh We have a mutual admiration society here. Thank you for joining us for this episode of On Topic. Please subscribe to this podcast, go to your app and review the podcast, and join us for our next episode. Until next time, let's stay on topic. (laughs) 